Welcome to our next episode of the Sim Nation podcast, episode 11. We are in double digits now. Uh, we are, this is going to be a different one. We're looking at the recap of our Sim draft. Uh, so I went through and I um, tabulated our, our picks, compared them. Now, James, we are with Drew and James again. James, you said we can't, you know, with all the trades and all that, that's got to be kind of put in our favor, right? I think so. I mean, I, I feel like when you th- look at the analysis that we had of who was going to go where, I do think we got a lot of things right. Yeah, I mean, there were some things that, you know, we we had right or we were pretty darn close yeah. where we were. Um, I think we had the right kind of mindset. Uh, there were a couple. I mean, we said, who was it? Um, Drew, you said... There was no way that Bijan Robinson was going to be picked uh, before number fifteen. He was eighth. Was did I say that or did you? You said that. That, that oh, was really? you. Because <laughs> no. I thought it he was sounds going like at one of my takes. I thought you said no, it. that was Drew. Oh, I, I thought he was going at eight to Atlanta. So, well, here's the thing. James was like, he was like, damn Nostradamus. <laughs> I mean, because here's what James had. He has. Brad Holmes will not draft for positional need. He nailed that one. I mean, he was like a carpenter. He nailed that one big time. Holmes is not going to zig due to JMO. Uh, he also asked the question, if Carter was available, would you take him? We all said absolutely yes. Carter was available, and the Lions traded down. This is going to be a Lions-centric podcast, just for the listeners to understand. Uh, we also all believed that around pick 25, Brian Branch would not be around. There was no way Brian Branch would be around. We got, the Lions got him at 45. So, I mean, the the draft was just, it was like totally different than what we expected. You were not correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's our record. Um, we had, so in the draft, there were 31 picks. We only had, the human picks were 12. We had 12 picks in that draft. We were one for 11. Now, James is arguing was arguing this a little bit before. Kind of like, well, you, you know, with the trades and all that. We had some of the picks that the computer picked. Yes. We completely agreed with. Yes. So I, I feel like we get some. And in that debate, when we first had the debate about uh, Houston, which was our first pick, you both of you were like C.J. Stroud. I was like, uh, Will Anderson. We went back and forth, yeah. talked about that. In the end. Houston must be listening to us. They must be <laughs> one of the eight, you they know, people who listen to our podcast because they they must have listened to us and said, "Hey, here's an idea. Let's let's trade up. Let's listen to what those boys in uh, Michigan are talking about, <laughs> and let's trade up and get both. Why not?" Um, so yeah, I I thought that was a that was the ballsiest move. It, and people are comparing it to New Orleans when yeah. Ditka gave all the draft picks away for Ricky Williams. Right. That, this ain't it. I mean, you already had your number. You already picked number two. You didn't give everything else away because they still had picks later on. They, yeah. So there, it, it will be interesting to see because I feel like they're in a position we were in last year where they just had so many holes to fill, and they got their two guys, and they got arguably the best player in the draft. So you certainly can't fault. A team for that, but when you have that many holes to fill, oh yeah, you gave up all that capital. I still feel like they're going to be terrible this year. What what did they give up? They gave up their first round next year and a third, I think, next year. 
as well as a second or third this year. I mean, they gave up. They do still have Cleveland's first next year, though. Yes. So okay. They do have, I think that that will come in around 12 again, I would imagine, because I don't think Cleveland's going to be terrible, but I don't think they're going to be great either. Right. Yeah. Cleveland, well, that's going to go down to possibly one of the worst trades in history. If Deshaun doesn't win them a Super Bowl, if, I, I mean, think we can parlay that right into our uh, our uh, Hayden Hooker conversation that we'll have when we get to the third round of the risks you are taking with the quarterback. And uh, there's great upside and there's also great risk. And uh, well, one last well, th- one last thing, and then I say let's just <laughs> start going. Um, Drew, you had a great point. You said, but it was funny. You said, you know, if we could trade down because we were talking about trading when we got to the sixth pick, and you said, boy, if we could trade down. And get another second round pick. We could get like Jack Campbell. Boy, we got Jack Campbell. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, we got him in the first round. But hey, we got <laughs> Jack Campbell. So good job. I him. wanted Jack Campbell. I'll take yeah. it. Yeah, in uh, the second round. I like Jack Campbell. It seems like he's a kind of a Brian Urlacher type of you know just a straight solid leader, big guy, all about football. Like he doesn't take didn't take nil money. Although I don't know how much a linebacker from Iowa is going to be offered nli worth. But like. <sighs> He wasn't taking any of that. He's yeah. like, I don't care about that stuff. I just want to play football. I don't even think he went to the draft. I mean, probably because he wasn't expecting to get picked. He got some with major sacks of corn <laughs> and yeah. wheat. That's how he got big. Nice. He just yeah, exactly. So, James, you you sent us all a podcast uh, link, and I listened to it about Brad. It was Brad. It was Detroit yeah. Lions. Brad Holmes talking with uh, Tim Twentyman talking about the about the draft and. Um, if you're a Lions fan, which we all are, you feel pretty damn good now. I, I at least I did. I was like, they know what they're doing, and I like the way he said. He goes, you know, we've been studying. We know what we're doing here. We, you know, it's not like we just figure. He said, oh hey, yeah, the draft is coming up. He goes, we have a plan. Um, but I, but I think it goes back to what you said. Holmes is not going to draft for positional need. Right. So I didn't get a chance to listen to that. Did they say that they had Gibbs over uh, Robinson in their mocks, or did they not? They did not specifically say that, but I feel like he alluded to it. It made me feel like he was number one on their Their, draft pretty much overall. The way the host, Tim Twentyman, the way he hinted at it, Gibbs was, if he wasn't one, he was two. He was about as high as you're going to be. On a draft board, I mean that honestly makes me feel better. Like if they feel that good about it, I mean, I did you see his reaction? Did you see the video of? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was smacking that table. He, yeah, he scared like, Sheila a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he might have broke his hand. So, so okay, so yeah. Let, so I asked before um, at the end last time if because we had Tyree Wilson and we had um, uh, Cansey. And I asked you, I said, okay, you go to bed on Thursday night, and this is your draft. How do you, in your first round, how do you feel? We all felt pretty good about that. Yeah. We also talked about perfect, you know, our perfect draft. It was anything but as far in terms of what we all saw. How do you feel about the draft now? After looking at everything in totality, not just first round, the entire draft, what are your thoughts? James, you go first. I, you know, praised Holmes for his idea that he doesn't have a depth chart in his room and that he really is just going to take his guys. And I thought that was the best thing. I I feel like 
after the way the draft finished out, I just feel like we I'd have to put an asterisk on it and say like except for running backs. I, I do have a hard time with where they took the running back. Um there there's a couple things they did that they that I loved. Um Remind me, Branch. What's Branch's first name? Brian Branch. Okay, so that, that to me was to their me was number Grace one pick. pick. That was Grace pick. Um, I, I found that was fantastic. You know who he reminds me of when I watch him is Devin Bush. I feel like he he is smaller, he's undersized, but he just knows where the play is going. He has They blitzed him like crazy at Alabama, and I love the idea that someone in our backfield that we could blitz. He has uh, 45 tackles for loss, and he's a little dude. It just seems his IQ, his football is. IQ is just off the charts. I mean, Saban said, we just, everything we gave him, he would yeah. do. And he started they just started freshman. giving more and more and more. And he never shied away from it. Yeah. And he, so it got to a point and he was like, this guy, this kid yeah. knows what he's doing. I guess yeah. the only question is, why was he there at 45? I don't care. I don't care because for <laughs> as much as Holmes did the opposite. Am I right? I mean, there's a reason. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I mean. I'm excited about it. I'm just yeah. saying. I, I I think I know the he answer. He was one that as you're going down, you're like, what? why is he? Why is because, he? Because he's undersized. He's not but, a true corner. He's not a cover corner. Right. He's not like Witherspoon. Witherspoon's undersized too. Yeah. And he was taken at. Five. I'm. I'm but pretty sure the Lions were going to take Witherspoon. I, I do think too. So too. Everything on the I do too. I that. really I agree with you on that. The fact that Branch is just pretty much a nickel is perfect for us too. We needed a nickel, and yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. He he played a lot of safety, and nickel, and I think a lot of teams were like, I'm not spending a draft a high draft pick on a nickel corner on somebody that they really didn't know what to do with they didn't see like well what is he exactly i just think he's a smart football player that knows where the ball and where the play is going i'm you, very happy if with you that remember play. uh jabril peppers kind of got a similar right where he was pushed down quite a bit because i don't think i don't know that they're similar players or anything but they he was the same thing like they were like is he a linebacker is he a corner is yeah. he a safety where is he and i think you can use him as a jackknife you know when you if you can figure it out and uh, it seems like uh, Aaron Glenn is the type of guy that, that will be able to figure out how to use Branch efficiently. So I'm excited about that. And what I love about this pick is that just like Hendon Hooker, which we'll talk about in a second, he's not coming in to start right away. You've got, I mean, because of the free agency, getting Cam Sutton and getting the guy from San Francisco and the guy from Philadelphia – he doesn't need to start. He can sit. He can learn. He yeah. can be the fourth, and you're good. Well, he's coming in on third and long is when he's coming in. Oh, in a heartbeat, yeah. yeah. But I'm just saying, it's not like, I mean, I think Jeff Okuda was put in a bad spot where he was expected to start right away, and, you know, then, and they, they weren't the team. I mean, the at that time, the regime of Matt Patricia and I forgot the uh, uh, Bob Quinn. Yeah, they were kind of like you've got you've got to do good. You got to do good. And I think that kid felt the pressure on that, and then he got hurt. And I mean, it just things just snowballed. And yeah. in the NFL, if it snowballs, you're you know it just gets harder and harder to get out of. And I think in this case, he doesn't have that pressure. You know, he's not coming in where they're saying to him, "You've got to start from day one. You've got to be our number one cornerback. You got to do this." No, he come on in. Learn from these guys. You got a year, basically. 
you got a year to learn because C.J. Gardner-Johnson is one year. So is this Emmanuel, and I forgot the last name. He's a year. But it doesn't mean you can't re-sign them, right. but you got this one kid who could learn from them. And, you know, I just think he's put in a really good position to pressure's not on you. You know, come in, be the player you are, just be yourself. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I would say the type of defense the Lions ran, I mean, they ran a lot of man-to-man with their corners under Patricia. And I, I do feel like, as a corner, Okuda could have started. If you're like a cover corner, I mean, he's a top-five pick. You're right. There is a lot of pressure on you. You're a top-five pick. He was number three. I know. I mean, you, you got to be able to go in and play man-to-man. You've got to. No, I, I completely agree with you, but I'm just – he was kind of behind the eight ball, I believe, at the very start. I mean, the injuries were unlucky for sure. Exactly, and well, I mean, we'll never really know what would have been if it wasn't for the. He injuries. wasn't a game changer type cornerback. He wasn't. Yeah. He, he wasn't going to be. He's yeah. not Dion. He's not. I mean, it was a dumb pick. It was. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Okuda's a four letter word in Detroit in my book at this point. Yeah, I mean, and he seems like a great guy. Like I wish. No, him well, he was a Buckeye. He. He doesn't. I'm not I mean, that's that. why he also. Uh, that's why I didn't want C.J. Stroud. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Yeah, Chris Spielman worked out pretty well. He did, but you got to go back. That's 30 years ago. You yeah, go but, back 30 but years okay, to Chris Spielman. Buckeye. Yeah, he, but he was a Maslin Tiger before that, and I have family in Maslin, so that <laughs> outweighs. You know, he learned everything he oh, well, needed to know, know that. from Maslin. <laughs> Maslin Tigers are special people. Um, nice. So, <laughs> but I think. He just he wasn't he wasn't the superstar cornerback. I mean, he wouldn't be a superstar cornerback for any team. He was a good serviceable yeah. cornerback. Sure, but he's not a number three pick. No, no. I, I mean, honestly, I, I have mean, number three in this one is Will Anderson. He's a star. I he's would, gonna be a stud. I yeah. would rather have personally. I would rather have Gibbs and Laporta than Witherspoon. That's because a good way to look at it. I'm glad you brought that up. Because so. I, I, you still are drafting a corner at six. And I, I mean, I, I don't know how good Witherspoon will be, but we said, we're like, we just don't want a corner at six. Like taking Witherspoon at 12, we were like, sweet, that would be awesome. But I would rather have a first-round running back, even though I know that's, you know, kind of taboo and it's not something we wanted. But if you think about, you know, Laporta taking him in the first round and taking Gibbs in the second round, and you look at it a little bit differently, which you didn't, but – that is a lot more, you know, you can digest that a lot better, I feel like. I don't know. I guess just thinking about Witherspoon at six, I wasn't a cool with, so. Yeah, I think that's a fair way to look at it. I think the original plan was Witherspoon at spit at six. Uh, Gibbs was going to go 18, I imagine. I yeah. I hope they were not going to trade up. But, they, and then but, I but think there's a lot of people also now saying that, like, New England had had him There's on no radar. way of really knowing that. So I, I, looked, know. I looked up. Over the last uh, 10 years, how many times a running back has been drafted, not only in the first round, but with the top 12 picks? And the four names were Saquon Barkley, Leonard Fournette, Ezekiel Elliott. And the reason I stopped at number four is because it was Todd Gurley, and that's our boy Brad Holmes once again. And I would say three of those four guys, at least two of the four, you know, I'd say for, cer- for sure Ezekiel Elliott and Todd Gurley, it's worth the pick. I think two of the four times you could say you got the value that you wanted. Uh, Barkley, I think it's kind of up in the air. He's had some in- injury issues. I think part of the Barkley issue is just the Giants organization. Possibly. Right? He's also been injured. Yeah. 
That's Which, true. but that's kind of the point: is it's a running back, and running backs do get injured. Now, Gibbs is not anything like any of those four guys. He's a completely different runner, and he's being billed to us. and And the tape that I've watched shows this as this hybrid, like super fast running back, fluid wide receiver. And that's fine, but that's really the way DeAndre Swift was billed to us as well, is watch what he's going to do catching the ball out of the backfield. And the Lions, just that's not how they've run their offense in the past. So we're going to have to see some drastic changes in play calls well, if that's one, how we're going to use him. The one thing I would say is we know they didn't draft Swift, right? And I think this this regime is, is about skills, but also it's about mentality. And we saw that in Hard Knocks, or at least that's how HBO wanted us to see it, that Swift didn't have the mentality that they wanted. He didn't have that dog mentality that they keep talking about, right? I mean, even watching him, I always felt he went out of bounds all the time. I always felt like he could have gotten an extra yard, an extra two yards, an extra three yards. I mean, and that's what Deuce Staley was saying to him. Yeah. Was like, yeah. And it seems yeah. like... Put your nose in there. I don't Cut it inside, not yeah. outside. I don't know enough, enough about Gibbs. I, to be honest, I because of where I was looking in the draft, I didn't even know who he was. And I don't watch enough like college other than like in the playoffs and stuff, but... Uh, so when they said Jameer, I was immediately like, who? <laughs> yeah. Who? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Watching his tape, like you said, uh, I saw a stat last night. I thought of all the, you know, the, since we've been doing the combine, I think he's the, the eighth fastest running back of all time uh, in yeah. terms of the 40-yard dash. Well, I, I, one thing to your point, James, is, you know, that's not how the Lions were. Well, first of all, Swift hasn't been around. I mean, he hasn't been healthy enough. To do, you know, he hasn't been available. And – you know, um, as they say on the radio at times, availability is a skill in the NFL. And he hasn't had that skill. I'm wondering if this opens up things for Ben Johnson. It, it, I, I'm, it I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Yeah. I'm hoping that this is Ben Johnson going, all right, yeah. let, let me get these pages out of the binder that I haven't been able to use. Now we got some things we can do. He's he's proven and he's not going to be can do the other four guys counting Gurley. Those were all bell cow running backs. Number Absolutely. one, you don't have that for him because you got uh, David is it Martin uh, Montgomery Montgomery, Montgomery yeah. David Montgomery. You got him Dave that Martin. you just Dave Martin. Yeah, sorry, wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Martin's a beast. Yeah. <laughs> he will be the number six pick. Dave Martin me. to me looks like a fullback. Yeah. Total inside joke. (laughs) (laughs) But um, David Montgomery, you have him as your number one, you know. Sure. First down, run it between the tackles. Second run, bring in Gibbs. With Montgomery, you don't know what's coming now. And it's like, hey, check this out. Watch what we're going to do here. And for as as happy as we were with the offense last year, and the numbers were really good, the number of, like, pure weapons outside Amonsay Brown – I mean, the rest of that wide receiver room is somewhat underwhelming. So adding Laporta, adding Gibbs, like having some more weapons is, you know, we all from, you know, thinking back to our last podcast, we wanted to address the defense with those early picks. I've also been reading Laporta's a better blocker, I think, than what they were saying at the combine. It's the reason he went over the Notre Dame tight end line. And I was going to ask you that because they're saying how Michael Mayer was a huge, I mean, he's like. Oh, Mayer, not Myers, okay. But he was a huge, you know, the best uh, hands prospect for tight yeah. ends and all that. He ends up going third. Would you would you have preferred him over Laporte? I was kind of thinking, like when I saw Mayor go next, I was like, 
Oh, God, we, he was still available. I don't know. I mean, again, I don't watch Iowa football. I mean, say what you will about Hawkinson, Iowa produces tight ends. I they mean, do. That's, Absolutely. That's, that is what they do. And he's and reported he's got the record for most catches for a tight end. So. And his yards after catch are really good. I feel like that's the type of thing where I really do trust Holmes. And mm-hmm. Holmes, obviously, like what Drew was saying, um, Laporte is a captain. The leadership, you know, the leadership that they brought into the room with this draft is impressive. Well, I really think when it gets down to it, these, you know, the GMs, the reason, if Mel Kuyper was that good at what he's doing, he would be a GM, I feel like. Granted, he's probably making more money for ESPN, but I feel like they are watching these, like, lower-level guys a lot more than, you know, I feel like the Mel Kuypers, they're watching the first two rounds, but when we think about, like, that Broderick Martin, the guy we got out of William & Mary, like, how much are... How much are well, those? Western Kentucky, the, oh, the offensive lineman was willing to marry, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm just thinking, like, how much CAA are CAA champions last year, too, nice. by the way. How much are these <laughs> draft guys watching these fifth, sixth-round picks, whereas we have scouts and, you know, all – I mean, I'm sure they are, but I don't know. I just – I trust Brad Holmes. I trust our scouts. I mean, what they've been able to do in the late rounds. The one issue I have is because of how well they've done in the fourth and fifth rounds recently, the fact that they gave up a fourth and two-fifths for – um, was it Martin from Western Kentucky? Yeah. Like, that has me a little bit worried, but I, I was reading um, Spielman's brother, who is he still the GM for the Vikings? No, he's on CBS Sports now. But, yeah, I mean, he lo- he liked it. He was saying he had him at, like, a third-round grade. Like, And the thing is, I mean, if we're going to trust Brad Holmes, and I think, we all, I think we're all in agreement, we're going to trust Brad Holmes yes. right now. And then I think if he decided to give those p- picks up, he sees something in this kid that he's like, we got to have him. Well, And, James, and I'm willing to give up all that capital. I don't know. Maybe James made a point last week, and he said, you know, he, you read somewhere, heard somewhere, like you can only have so many, like, picks because at a certain point it becomes, like, like cumbersome, basically, to have too many guys that are competing. So maybe giving up a couple, you know, isn't the worst thing. If this guy is only going to be playing on first and second down because – He's about 600 pounds. He had a couple – he had a quote that was, like, my favorite quote of, of any player. Um, he said, when teams try to run the ball on our defense, I look at that as disrespectful, which is just the best thing. I'm like, oh, my gosh, who doesn't want a D lineman that when someone hands off the most basic play in football, he thinks it's disrespectful. And, I mean, he's a house. He is. He's not – and he's not – it's not a duplex. It's – he's a – He's a brick. Yeah. He's uh, he's huge. He's huge. The word that Holmes used like three times in the uh, the podcast when he was interviewed was upside. Um, that's the one thing that I was a little frustrated with because I feel like he passed up. He clearly did not like anyone at the end of the second round. So he, he had a lot of guys with some great upside there. And then the fact that he used his capital on this guy where – you know, a lot of things I read is he stands up straight. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's not a good technique. So he it's it's a lot of raw talent that needs. Well, to you be can te- you can teach him out of that. Yeah, you can't teach him how to be three hundred and forty pounds and six foot ten. No, you can't. That you can't coach. <laughs> no. You can't coach size. You can't coach height. Yeah. But you can, if he's standing up, you can work with him. Yeah. I mean, again, he's not someone that you're saying you've got to start first day. Right. We're we're not in. And I think that's the crazy thing as a Lions fan is we're not at that point now where <laughs> every pick 
oh my god, he's got to be a starter. We're right. not like that now, which is kind of you know virgin territory for us. Yeah, for a while. I was uh, reading an article yesterday. It was like a mailbag where they ask a bunch of questions to Colton Pouncey, who's the Athletics Lions writer. And the question that one of them that, that was asked that I thought was interesting was, which of these people that we have picked is going to have the highest amount of jersey sales over the next ten to fifteen years? Which which kind of is talking about longevity. It's got to be Hooker. See, I think it's Campbell. Because I think Detroit loves like a blue collar mm-hmm. middle linebacker, right? And granted, we don't really we don't run three linebackers usually. We only have two, right? I mean, we kind of have a linebacker that's rushing and kind of do like four. I don't even know what it's like a I don't know whatever. But no, I know. Yeah. But regardless, I think it's Campbell. But you could do Gibbs. It just depends on how long Gibbs plays on our team, right? He could be gone in six years. What do we think about Hendon Hooker? We don't have a lot of time left. Let's, let's oh, dive well, into I mean, we got all the time we want, but the f- so. The idea for Hendon, uh, well, first of all, I think, and I think it's funny how people are saying, oh, you know, we're only going to have Gibbs for five years. Then, okay, we got him for five years. That's a that, lot of time. It's a long time. For I mean, a running back, that's a for long a running time. back. But I mean, that's enough time for five Super Bowls. Exactly. <laughs> or two. I mean, but I'm saying, or I mean, two. five. We'll settle for two. Well, five years. After five years. I mean, we've had golf for three, and now we're deciding: <laughs> do we want to keep them? Do we want five years? Is a long time, you In know. The NFL, so, it is. Yeah. Um, all right, Hendon Hooker. Third so my, round my pick. initial thought was I I didn't like it, but the more I've had time to digest it, um, I'm okay with it. I think that the the chance on upside. First of all, anybody who acts like they know how good a quarterback's going to be in the NFL. I don't see any evidence that there's any NFL GMs that really know who's going to sink and who's going to swim when it comes to quarterback. If they did, Zach Wilson would have been would not have been number two. I'm sure yeah. glad they did Hendon Hooker in the third round than Will Levis in the second. That's where I'm going. Yes. Is if you're going to take these random upside chances, from what I've read, it does seem like he was slated to be a first round pick before this injury. So we got a first round caliber shot at at being a real NFL quarterback in the third round. I will take that. I am very comfortable with him just having a role as a backup for the next couple of years. NFL quarterbacks get injured a high percent of the time, and Goff didn't at all last year. But there's the, you know, if he goes down last year, our season is ruined. Yeah. And having, like, a competent backup is absolutely worth a third-round pick. You don't like Nate Sudfield? <laughs> I think uh, no. <laughs> to answer I, your question, no. I don't either. Um, I, I think Hooker, and I think I think golf is due. Yeah, to get hurt, even if it's just a ding ding up whatever. whatever he stayed healthy all last year. Yeah. That doesn't happen. Is Hooker happen projected to be ready by the start of the season? I don't think so. He says he will be. He says, but he's, he's coming off an injury. ACL. I think uh, I think it's worth it long term. It's I think the same injury that Wilson had, isn't it? I'm not sure, but no, I th- Williams. I yeah, well, Williams. but but Jameson he blew his out in the championship. Okay. His was or in the season okay. with South Carolina, so he's got some extra time for healing. Yeah. He could be ready. He could be, but again, there's no pressure. That's there's right. No, take your time. Yeah. Don't worry about it, which is nice. Go ahead. Oh, uh, I think I was gonna. Oh, I was just gonna say. I think you think about golf and like our system and its way it's set up. We're not. We're set up in a way that we don't need an amazing quarterback to win. And so, if if Hendon Hooker can be golf, then it's worth it because then you're not paying golf forty eight million dollars or whatever he's going to get on yeah. his next contract. 
I think what we have golf signed for two more years before we need to repay him. And I then don't we know. could franchise him a third. Can You've you got time, is, yeah. Or is it? Can you franchise anyone? Or is it? It's not his first contract though. It's coming off his second contract. I don't think you can franchise him off the second contract. It's possible. I don't know. I, um, there's so many different. I thought that was only off the rules and stuff deal, like that. But rules. I could be wrong. But I, I, I think Hooker is worth the flyer on, right? I, I think it's it's worth a shot. And sounds like he's another high character guy. Uh, he's been talking about how excited he is to sit behind golf mm-hmm. and learn, and that's rare in a quarterback to find someone that's actually like, you know what? Okay, yeah. I'll sit behind this guy. I'll learn from him. Uh, I think just having him in the room, another good personality, is worth having. And it's at least it's not Tim Boyle. Or oh, who was that other guy. guy? Drew Blau, David Blau. David Blau. Man, those yeah. guys, those guys. I thought they were throwing with their off hand. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> I will tell you, you're talking about jersey sales and all that. His jersey is going to be a tough sell for some people. I'm not. I can't buy my daughter's head and hooker jerseys. Can't happen. I'm not having my daughters walk around with a hooker on the back. You I can buy your boys' like, shirt, those jerseys, and that's fine. I feel like the any, average any, Lion fan any that has dads, the season tickets in the upper deck. Any is dads with girls, they can't buy jerseys for their girls. Say <laughs> hooker on them. Based on my experiences at Lions game, hooker is going to be a big seller. I mean, when oh you asked God, what yes. the number one uh, uh, jersey was going to be, oh yeah, hooker was the name that absolutely came to me. Yeah, I'll tell you where it's going to be uh, popular. I won't say the name of our middle school, but middle schools in general, <laughs> you're going to see a lot of hookers walking around. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay. Uh. Is, that, is that the note we're ending on? <laughs> I got to go M-step. <laughs> Overall. Um, Overall grade. You, you know, this is what I'd like to say. <laughs> Overall grade, I, I'd say a B+. Plus. Uh, this is something I'd like to say thinking about the Lions draft next year. I don't think we're going to have any disappointment next year. If things go the way they're supposed to, we're going to have a pick in the 20s. Yeah. And if Holmes, you know, like some out there kind of borderline, like we're not going to care at pick 22. Right. I think we all have these high expectations for where we were drafting. I think you mean pick 32. I, uh, I, uh, yeah, I'm uh, praying. 20, I'm praying we're in the. Late twenties. Anyway, if we're in the late twenties, if we're in the late twenties, if we're in the late twenties, this was a great season, and hey, we're good to go. Um, all right, I think one last thing. I just I heard Deion Sanders say this and about hitting because they have forty one Colorado players in the portal. They they're just out, and he said he goes, "It's a nice house, but it's got old furniture." He goes, "I need new furniture." That's what with DeAndre Swift and all that. They've gotten rid of all of the old Quinn, Patricia furniture. It's their house now. And I think now it's time we're going to see exactly yeah. what this team's all about. Expectations have never been higher. No, I, I mean, I was thinking about this today. I was like, we've never been in this position. At least you and I remember 91, yeah. but that was so long ago. I have prided myself on being emotionally unattached to the Lions I have for to. decades, and I am all in emotionally yeah. this coming year. I'm ready up to be hurt again. Yes. I I am opening myself up. <laughs> I, I'm ready for love. So, <laughs> all right. Two and 15 season. Here we go. Oh, <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> all right. That's it for uh, an, a different type of uh, Sim Nation. But we'll be back with uh, some more simulations. But we had to get this one up because yes. we're, being Lions fans, the yes. excitement's there. So, we will talk to you soon. Goodbye.